We're in Ephesians 4 this morning. I uh, had some thoughts that I had put down and revisited some things. Um, let me ask you a question this morning. In, uh, in light of our study, we are, as, we, as I comment on pretty regularly, you know, this is a different time, different circumstances, different uh, needs that we are facing. Um, it is, however, I believe, and certainly with our emphasis on fasting and prayer, and by the way, uh, how are you doing with your fasting? We're in day four. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing excellent. The presence of the Lord is real. Um, uh, I want to challenge you that if you're not already fasting, you can do it. You say, how do you know I can do it, Pastor? Because I'm doing it. I'm doing a total fast. Uh, just uh, water and a little Gatorade for electrolytes and a little broth every now and then. But other than that, I'm, I'm uh, praise God, the presence of God is growing stronger and stronger in His direction. And so I want to encourage you to be fasting. And in light of that, let me ask you a question. Um, are you growing? Fasting isn't just about getting hungry. It's about, uh, it's about drawing close to the Lord. Not only that, but through this period of time with the pandemic, are you growing spiritually in it? Are you allowing the enemy to push you backwards? Or are you advancing? Because there is nothing. Let me tell you what prompted this. I was praying a few weeks ago. Some events had transpired. And uh, actually probably about a month ago when this began. And some events had transpired where I sort of felt slighted. I guess that's the best way. There were some, some opportunities that had that uh, I felt like I had missed to do some things and be involved in some things, and I just sort of felt slighted. And I, I began to think about why that was. Well, it's the pandemic, it's other things, it's the, you know, it's the, it, just all kinds of things that the enemy was, I think, and my flesh was bringing through my mind. And the Lord, in a time of prayer, just posed a question to me. He said, what does it really take to advance the kingdom of God? Is it your strength? Is it your knowledge? Is it your ability? Is it your education? And Obviously, all of those might be used, but that's really not the thing that advances the kingdom of God. It's his presence. It's his anointing that does that. And I, I sort of acknowledged that to the Lord, and he said, okay, let me, let me ask you one more. And I don't know if the Lord questions you. He does me sometimes. He said, um, what are, how are you restricted in any way from my presence? Well, the answer was not at all, Lord. He said, okay, then press in. If you really want to be used of me, press in. It's not these other things. It's me. And that then led me to this question. Are we growing spiritually? Are we pressing in? And how do you know if you are? How do you know that you're growing spiritually? Are you static? Uh, you may think, well, Pastor, I've reached an age where I've sort of leveled out. No. You're not supposed to level out. You're not ever supposed to reach an age where you quit growing, where you quit advancing, where you quit uh, deepening your faith in the Lord. It doesn't matter just because you're a senior adult or because you're, you've retired from your work or because your kids are grown or your grandkids are... That, none of that. There, you will never exhaust all that God has for you. So let me ask the question again. Are you growing spiritually? You might say, well, that's a question for young people. No, it's the most appropriate question for the senior adult age group. Because I think that's the group that sort of sort of thinks that, that there's no more to learn. And that's not true. I'm a pastor with multiple degrees, f finishing up my doctorate, and I am just scratching the surface on what there is to know of the Lord. So let me read you some verses from Ephesians chapter 4 this morning, verses 11 through 16. Ephesians 4, 
11 through 16. I hope you have your Bibles. I hope you have something that you read along in the Word with me. If you don't, uh, let me encourage you to do so in the future. Paul writes this, It was he, that's the Lord, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all, now pay attention to verse 13, Verse 13, until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure, not the part measure, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would challenge each one of us. I pray, Father, that we would be completely aware of where we are in you with the level of our maturity, Father, with the level of our discipleship, with the level of our love and our knowledge of you, I pray each one of us would just be an open book before you, Father, uh, willingly. You, we are an open book to you, Father. You know everything about us. But I pray we would look at ourselves and see where we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I, uh, I think many of you uh, know enough about my story to know that I didn't, uh, I didn't grow up in church uh, as a young child. Uh, I was about 10 years old when I first started going to church, um, so pretty young, but before that had been a pretty, pretty messed up childhood. There was this growing sense from the very first moment that I understood who the Lord was and began to feel His call upon my life to this discipleship to this ever-growing, ever-advancing sense of his presence. I wanted to know his word, and I have never stopped wanting to know it. I have not yet gotten to a place where I even feel like a, well, the scripture says, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I still don't feel like I'm there. There's more to learn. I have, I am never content with where I am in the Lord. I'm I love the Lord. I am not living in sin. I don't have any reoccurring sins in my life. Um, But but there's more to be learned. There is this, in my mind, this progression that begins at the moment of salvation and continues to grow, continues to climb until you stand before him, until you're in his presence where you know him as you are known. But how do you know if you're growing? That's the question. Lots of pictures in the scripture of groups of people that thought they were close to God, but they weren't. And we live in a very deceptive world, and this section of scripture even talks about some of the cunningness of this world. How do we know that we are growing? I want to look at that this morning. Because there are, in in these verses from uh, Ephesians 4, there are, at least in my mind, four measurements of the degree to which You have become spiritually mature. Four measurements of whether or not you're growing, whether or not you're moving closer to the things of the Lord. And let me give you those. We'll look at each one of them individually, but let me give them to you really quickly. 
Number one, doctrinal stability. Do you have a foundation of the Word of God in you that gives you stability? You're not like James's double-minded person who is tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, every new thing that comes along. You sort of check it out, buy into it, and you're back and forth, back and forth. No. Do you have a foundation that is immovable? Is it a immov- immovable? Is it a stable doctrinal foundation? That's number one. Number two, do you have a relational authenticity? How do we measure that? Are you able to speak the truth in love to those around you? Or or are you scared to really be who Christ has called you to be in other people's lives? Number three, do you fully participate in the body of Christ? Do you have full participation in the body of Christ? And number four, do you have a growing capacity for love? Those are measurements in this section of Scripture for the level of your spiritual growth, the level of your spiritual maturity. Let's look at each one of those in, in turn. Real quickly, number one, doctrinal stability. Verse 14 of Ephesians 4 says this, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. It's with regularity that I speak to people who do, who do not have a solid foundation of God's word in their life. And because of that, They regularly run into circumstances that cause them to doubt their faith, doubt what they believe, uh, give them pause about what the Lord's plan is for their life. Their faith can, and I've seen it many times, can quickly become what the scripture calls shipwrecked, where they suddenly just sort of quit on God. It's because they never, they never Jesus had done everything he was supposed to do, but they never did the work of discipleship to lay a firm foundation. Are you laying an ever-thickening foundation of faith and trust in the Lord? How do you do that? You do that through his word. You do that through presence, uh, through the presence of God. This scripture talks about cunning and craftiness. The cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Now listen, both of those terms, when you, when you research and when you dig into those, those words, both of those terms, cunning and craftiness, are terms that refer to skill at gambling and the ability to manipulate dice. That's where those words are used most often in ancient times. It refers to the ability to deceive by controlling or shaping a message so as to promote a false teaching or doctrine. There is also the understanding in these words that this process is done over a slow, methodical course. Paul writes that the ability to resist that effort is the first mark of spiritual maturity. There are philosophies, there are ways of thinking, there are false truths and false teachers in our world that are constantly coming against faith in Jesus. It can come in political messages. It can come in, in, in trendy things, in media. Uh, there's all sorts of societal and sociological philosophies that are constantly being pushed against faith in Jesus. Do you know his word well enough? Do you have a strong enough conviction and belief that you are not swayed by those cunning, crafty messages? Paul writes, that that's what you have to do. Let me give you an example of those. Just not far from here 
is both a Mormon and a Jehovah's Witness church. Those are statistically the fastest growing cults in the world. You say, oh, pastor, it's not polite to call them that. That's what they are. Why? How do you define a cult, pastor? Cults are those who don't believe that Jesus is God. They do not believe in the Trinity and they do not believe in salvation that comes by grace through faith. Do you know who makes up those congregations? Both of those groups are filled with former Baptists and former Presbyterians and former Assemblies of God believers and other Christians who had not created a foundation of doctrinal stability in their life. There's another larger growing group in our world, and that's people who have become completely secularized. They have thrown out their belief in Jesus and they have embraced a secular worldview. And the reason that they did that is because they didn't have a foundation of strong Bible doctrine in their life upon which they stood. This kind of maturity in the Lord comes only through systematic discipleship, study. It doesn't, ooh, I like the presence of God. I love revival. I do too. But all of that has to be built upon a solid knowledge of God's word. Let me ask the question in reference to this point. Are you growing, senior adult? Are you growing, Christian, in your understanding of God's word? Are you thickening the foundation? I've heard it said one time that a lot of people in the body of Christ are a million miles wide and a quarter of an inch deep. Come on, you got to be firmer than that, certainly in the world we live in today. So are you growing? Do you daily have a time in God's Word? Something that I have begun to do is that I read the Scriptures in the morning and I read them in the evening. I find time in both extremes. I want my day to begin in the Word and before I close my eyes at night, I want the last thing that I, I, I get into bed now and I open my Scriptures turn on my lamp and I read about 15 minutes and I let the Lord speak to me. I close my Bible and then I say, okay, Lord, let my dreams, if you have something to say to me, let my mind be filled with your word as I sleep. I want that doctrinal strength to be maintained. So number one, if you're growing spiritually, that foundation of God's word is getting more stable, doctrinal stability. Number two, authentic relationships where you can speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15 speaks of this. He says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. It's easy to speak the truth. I paused for effect. It's easy to speak the truth. It is. And it is easy to love. But when you bring those two together, oh my goodness, it is hard it is hard to speak the truth and do it lovingly. It's not hard to point out faults. It's not hard to tell people where they did wrong. It's not hard to have an opinion. All of those are things that we're regularly involved in. But what is incredibly rare in our world and the place where Christians are supposed to live is the ability to be truthful and be loving at the same time. That's what Jesus was. People were drawn to Jesus because he spoke as one who had authority, but he did so with a great compassion for all of those he came in contact with. That's a mark of growing uh, spiritual maturity. How, how to tell if you're doing this? How can you tell? Watch this. 
How many third-party conversations have you been involved in? Third-party conversations this week where you were talking about someone and their situation rather than speaking to that person. A mark of spiritual maturity is the ability to go to someone and speak to them about a situation rather than just speaking to someone else about it because it's too difficult or it's too painful. Paul said a mark of a growing Christian is someone who can speak the truth in love. I want you to think about how rare that is in our world. Social media has made a whole other venue where you can talk about people and talk about things, type, write about people and write about things without ever expressing any compassion or any concern for that person's spiritual state or the pain that they might be going through or any of that. And believers are supposed to live in that world where we speak to people, not just about them. So are you growing in authentic relationships where you speak the truth in love? Number three. I love this one. Full participation in the body of Christ. Verse 16 of Ephesians 4, Paul says, From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. The whole body. Not just part of the body. Paul uses some medical terms in this verse. For how a ligament is joined to the bone. And also how a hinge forms the bridge between a door and a wall. He he talks about how these things, how one piece is joined together to another piece. How the ligament joins to the bone and it makes the body function the way it's supposed to. He talks about how a door hinges. And without that hinge, it's really not a door. It's just a big piece of wood. Listen. That's the way the body of Christ is supposed to function. And while another section of Scripture talks about eyes and ears and hands and feet and how that no one part is more important than the other. You're a crucial part. You are a crucial part to what God's trying to do in the world. You're a crucial part to what God's trying to do in the river bend. Your involvement, your wisdom, your experiences, your resources, your your engagement, your counsel, your prayer, all, all that you are is crucial to what God is trying to do. Here's my question. Are you engaged? Are you in the game? Are you just sitting on the bench? Are you just in our easy chair sort of spectating the game you're a spectator you're not engaged you say oh pastor I I taught Sunday school for 30 years why did you quit you know I was on the prayer team for for 40 years and then so why did you stop you know I was come on God's got some things he wants to do in the world and he needs you to be fully engaged in whatever he's called you and equipped you to do in the ministry there's no retirement from the ministry in the body of Christ you may retire from your occupational part of it, but there's still fruitful ministry. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm frail. I'm, I'm not. Come on. Intercessors can be sedate. Intercessors can sit still and intercede. People who encourage one another writing notes and cards. There's no limitation to that. You don't have to be able to run or jump or do any of those things to be an encourager, to be a prayer warrior, to be a giver, to be someone who, I mean, you could be moderating this broadcast right now, this whole venue of social media. You could be encouraging people with daily text messages and prayers. Age can't limit you. And let me ask you the question that the Lord asked me. Are you limited from his presence in any way? Did did he say, oh, listen, you got to be 75 and you can't come in? No, that's ridiculous. 
You can come into the presence of God and enter. Listen, I need people interceding for me right now. People holding my arms up. You could be one of those. I tell you, it would be remarkable if every day I got a text message from you. Pastor, I'm praying for you today. You were the first person on my prayer list. I want you to know that I'm covering you. Pastor Jason, Pastor Dave, Pastor Randy, Otis, I am, I am covering you. I want you to know that this day won't go by except that I'm holding your arms up. Do you know how many texts like that I get every day? Zero. You could be the one that encourages me. You could be the one holding Pastor Dave up. You could be the one just in prayer. There's no limit to your ability to go into the presence of the Lord. You know how rare it is for people to get a handwritten note today? The text is good, but listen, a handwritten note? You could sit every day and write handwritten notes praying for you, thinking about you, interceding for you. Come on, there's no limit to the service to the kingdom of God. And are you participating in the ministry of the body of Christ? Picture here is one of a maturity and a full participation in the body of Christ. Fully participating members make three statements. Here they are. You want to measure? God wants me here, I'll find and use my gifts, and I will join myself with others in service. I'm participating in the body. I'm not a spectator. I'm participating in the work of the ministry. This idea that we've been focusing on about being missional in our lives, that means I've found the thing God wants me to do, and I'm going to do it until I stand in his presence. That's what it takes to move the body of Christ forward. We must do something that is very rare in America today. We must stop coming to church as consumers, and we must begin coming as servants, bond servants to one another. We must team up with others to serve. There's an old axiom that preachers know. Every preacher knows it. 20% of the people do 80% of the work, and 80% of the people do 20% of the work. Why is that? Why is there a core of people and then there's the fringe? Come on, you don't want to be on the fringe. You want to be in the core. I'm part of the group that's moving the body of Christ forward. Even in difficult times, I'm engaged. One of the marks of your growing spirituality is that you stay engaged in the work of the ministry. I love the saying that John F. Kennedy, you remember it, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. I'm going to hijack that a little bit. Ask not what the body of Christ can do for you. Ask what you can do for the body of Christ. Ask not the Lord what he can do for you. Ask the Lord what you can do for him. That's the mark of a growing spirituality. There'll be times when you need others to pray for you, but I want you to know there's great joy when you turn your focus out. And you begin to focus on what it is that the Lord wants to do through you. Depression leaves, fear leaves, anxiety leaves. You get your mind off yourself. You get your mind on the needs of others. And you begin to be the hands and the feet and the heart of Jesus extended to this world. Come on. Growing spirituality is indicated by a full participation in the work of the ministry. John chapter 6 verse 38 says this. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. When you're not connected to someone else, when you're not connected, someone else isn't getting loved and neither are you. 
One of the saddest statements that I hear, and we hear it with some regularity. I'll call somebody and I'll say, Pastor, or I'll say, I'll ask them, and I'll say, hey, this is Pastor Roy, I've, I've noticed. And in the COVID time, it's even more difficult to do this. And I'll say, hey, we, we've been missing you. We, 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 we're sad we haven't seen you in service. And they'll say, you know, Pastor, I've been gone for three months and not a single person called me but you. Come on, body of Christ. It'll take all of us. It'll take all of us to get the work of the ministry done. And we need you. Body of Christ needs you. Number four, last one. Been kind of hard on you. Let me close it out with this one. A measurement of growing spirituality is a growing capacity for love. Ephesians 4.16 says that the body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I love this word grows. The body grows and builds itself up. That's not a statement of numbers so much. The, the Greek word that Paul uses there, and you'll recognize the English word that we get from it right away, the Greek word is the Greek word energia. Energia. If we were to say it in the English, it would look like energia. And it's the word that we get the English word energy from. The whole body energizes itself as it builds itself up in love, each part doing its work. The world's definition of love has more to do with you meeting my needs and me meeting yours. That when needs are met, that's the way a person expresses love to you. They meet some of your needs. But that's not the way the Bible defines love. That's the way the world defines it. Find somebody that meets your needs, somebody that fulfills you emotionally, physically, sexually, and, and that's love. But that's not the Bible definition of what love is. The Bible definition of love is one of sacrifice. Real love, biblical love, is where you put your needs aside and you focus on the needs of others. Do you see how that comes in, in conflict with any kind of consumer mindset? I'm here to get something. Biblical love is not about getting something. It's about giving something. For God so loved the world that he gave. And that's biblical love. There's a wonderful reciprocation in that. There is a wonderful blessing in loving others. There are things that come back, but that's not the motivation. It's not an exchange. I gave to you, you give back to me. That's physical love. That's, that's the world's measurement of love. But believers are called to something more. Believers are called to be so filled with the mind and the heart of Christ that we love as God loved, not in what we give, but in what, or not in what we get, but in what we give. So let me ask you two questions as we close this up today. Do you and I love Jesus more than we did yesterday? Do you love Jesus more today than yesterday? And the second one's a little bit like that. Do you love others more authentic, um, with more authenticity, more authentically? Do you love people more than you used to? One of the tragedies of aging that I've noticed, and it is a tragedy when you see it, it's not uncommon, but it's always tragic. 
is that with each passing year, people get more bitter. They get more closed in. They get more constrained in relationships. And it's especially the bitterness that stands out. You see people with regularity that with every passing year, they grow more and more hard. That's the opposite direction of a believer. I want to know if you're growing in your spiritual maturity. Do you with each passing day, week, month, feel more of the presence of God in you? And are you getting more patient, more kind, more generous, more loving? Because that's not the direction the world's going. Are you growing spiritually? Well, then let me ask you very directly. Do you love more than you used to? Because if you do, you're growing spiritually. Because the world won't produce that in you. And the flesh that, you all, that we all fight with won't produce that. It's the Spirit of Christ in us that alone produces that growing love for those around you. If you answer yes to both of those, then you're growing. Growing in Jesus, growing in your spirituality. Before we pray this morning, let me, let me just let you pause for a second and reflect. We went through those four characteristics of those growing spiritually. So here's the question. Are you? Are you growing? Has the pandemic caused you to stall in your spiritual growth? Or has it accelerated it? Has it drawn you closer to the Lord? Has fear pushed you away from these things? Has anxiety caused you to stall in your growth? Has loss caused you to stall? Has stress caused you to stall? Or have they pushed you closer to the Lord and you're growing because you're not restricted from God right now in any way, nor am I. And he expects a return. Do you remember the story of the Steward, the good steward and the wicked, wicked stewards where the Lord, the master, was going on a journey and he called his servants to him. And the first servant he gave five talents and the next one he gave two and the next one he gave one. Two different accounts in the scripture. Second service in one story he gets three and in another place he gets two. But the final one always just gets one. And the master was gone for a long time. And when he returned, what did he expect? He expected growth. He expected more than what he left. The only servant that was considered wicked only returned to the master what he had, only gave what he had gotten. He didn't give more. And the Lord expects us to be growing his kingdom in us and in the world around us. You can grow. You're not restricted from the presence of the Lord. COVID and the pandemic cannot cause you to not grow unless you let it. You don't have to be afraid. It doesn't have to push you away from the Lord. You don't have to be stressed. Now's the time to grow in the presence of the Lord. Father, I thank you that we can grow every day of our lives. We can develop and deepen and get more of you in us. And this world needs us to. I think you're waiting on us to do so. So I pray that you'd bless each one today, Father. I've challenged them. Now you bless them. Challenge them with what your word says as you challenge me every day. Now bless them, Father, to know you more deeply and to grow more in love with you, to love more, authentic, more authentically, to 
be fully engaged in the work of the kingdom. And then, Father, to love. Love in a more deep fashion and more authentically. We bless you and we love you today. Holy Spirit, encourage each one. Strengthen them in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.